0: All right, guys, this is Sound of Salvation Podcast, and today's episode is going to be on pride, love, not true love, but lust, the flesh, the ways of of man, the ways of temptation, and what uh, the devil does to tempt us, lure us in, and um, have us fall captive to his schemes and his ways that all lead to death. Okay, so I want to start it off with 1 John 2.16. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We see here that we have three different types of lusts. We have the flesh, the eyes, and then pride, which is really a lust. It's the love of the world. It's the love of yourself. It's the love of the way of man, which is the pride of life. And we're going to get into that and what all three of these mean and how they they interact with each other and how the devil uses them in an amazingly proficient uh, way of uh, drawing us in. Um, And we see here that the world passeth away. So all of those things and all of those lusts and evil that is in our hearts passeth away. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So we who love God and have the will and love of God in us, that is something that is eternal. And we will live forever if we are in the will of God. So we're going to first talk about lust. And lust is to eagerly desire something that is not of God and is solely for ourselves. There are three types of lust that exist within our fallen nature, which is the flesh. And these uh, three different lusts are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. To be given into sin, a person will usually experience all three of these lusts when tempted by the devil. Or if um, usually, you know, someone is tempted by the devil, it's the ways of the devil and the demonic powers that uh, regulate kind of our realm. And there's more. Um, spiritual entities in that sense um, dark spiritual entities and there are people so every person how I like to think of it has their own kind of um, uh, dark forces uh, looking after them so that they will fall and stumble if they're born again if they're not they want them to be Destroyed utterly in the in the lake of fire forever because they hate them but when we're led astray by venturing off into seeking gratification we will pretty much always usually um, find what we're looking for, that temporary fix of pleasure. And when we see what we want, this will cause the person to be seduced by the lust of the flesh, which is what physical refreshment and pleasure is thought to be gained for taking part in sin. So it's its feeling good, it's all about feeling and emotions, whatever type of emotion, uh, whether um, what, whatever type of feeling, whether emotional or physical. Um, It's all about feeling and about um, our our status of sustenance, should I say. And once that feeling, the lust of the flesh, has been conceived and one believes that the sin will make them feel good, the lust of the eyes is what brings them to idolize that thing we feel for. We admire what will bring us our self-indulgence. So we look and we see and we find what's good for us and what looks and appeals in our sight. Um, That's what attracts us. And we leave our vulnerable position by looking with the eyes and closing in on what we want. That thing will, no doubt, have charm with physical beauty seen in the eye of the beholder. It's always gonna be something shiny or, or sparkly. You know, it's kind of like an insect, being drawn to to the the shiny or um, light radiating, um, object. So it's that's pretty much always what it's like um it's going to look at us and we're not going to be able to keep our eyes off it and the last piece the puzzle of temptation that the devil uses um, is the most powerful and strongest element to all these three different types of lust and that's the pride of life this is the goal of satan and this is actually satan's implementation of his initial fall into man so that man will be destroyed but that's the pride of life some people would have just given in if they were just offered a pretty thing that uh that will feel good that's you know plus the, the eyes pretty thing feel good lust of the flesh But if someone knows that the self-indulgence is wrong and that idolizing earthly treasure or activities is disobedience to God, this is always gonna be the believer, then they need a little extra push by either the one tempting them or their own imagination. But for the unbeliever, um, this is pretty much always present as well. It's um, the pride of life. And this is the things that will make us better. It's not about feeling or, or looks. It's about betterment of ourselves, a step above, to level up, to become successful in the sight of the world, to make us wiser and more knowledgeable, to best suit our lives for the benefit of our reputation and our success. It's all about us, okay? To be the best in whatever you do, to love the world and the things of the world, that's the primary reason why the part of Life is so powerful to love the world things of the world it's the measuring stick of the world and things of the world um that that is the question uh this this question is is the measuring stick and it's how do others see me and do they want to be me question mark that's how that's kind of how i think about it when i think uh when pride seeps into my heart um it happens to me um it happens to everything It's, it's to everyone it's it's the one thing God hates the most out of anything and it's it's how do others see me I'm measuring based on the world and things of the world how do they see me and do they want to be me I want them to recognize me and put me on a high pedestal I want to be known I want to be acknowledged it's about attention it's about ourselves and and then once we gain that we uh, we worship ourselves as God not God ourselves so it's to not need God for sustenance, but to do it yourself and to be your own God. that's the part of life. Once these three lusts have been devised and visualized within our flesh, we have become conquered by the temptation and secured by the devil to do evil in the sight of God. This is a very it's a very powerful way that Satan gets it done man he gets it done okay you see the world today people are living for themselves and no one else and these three things you see on television you see on your phone on social media you see everywhere and it is powerful stuff and honestly i get drawn in by a two-eye sin i've, I've fallen short guys um i go i go on snapchat and uh you know i go to the right hand side of the app I, I, I try never to do that crap but there's there's some, some messed up, disturbing things there, man. It just catches your eye, though. And you want to click on it. Um, and sometimes I do. Um, Instagram, the same thing, man. You see some uh, really, really evil, wicked things. And um, although it's evil and I know it because I'm born in the spirit, it has a charm to it. It has a charm, uh, an actual physical, visual charm that, that draws me in and makes me feel like I want that. But that's the way of the devil, and um, when I keep my sight on God, uh, I don't fall into that temptation. It's as simple as that. He's more powerful. God is more powerful than the devil, and we are able to withstand the, the wiles, the schemes of the devil. As First John 2.16 says that, uh, who, who doeth the will of God abideth forever, but the world um, passeth away. So, um, let us just strive to do the will of God that we may not pass away. For all those who are unbelievers, to do the will of God is not a possibility. Um, you must be born again. Um, so, but the three, um, three lusts here, called call it the three lusts because it's just, is a false love for something that is not of God, it's of the world. And it's, you know, I think an example of this would be uh, seeing a million dollars in your ga- grasp. That's not yours. I know that's far-fetched and this probably, you know, doesn't happen to a lot of people. You don't just see a million dollars, you know, on the table next to you with no you know, owner present. But imagine if it did happen and you see it and just just to have that you would think it would alleviate all your anxiety and would bring you happiness. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind, right? It's all about feeling. Then the next thing, we'll, we would just stare at it and we would look at it. And that money would just be pleasant to the eyes. We just can't keep our eyes off it. That's the, That's the lust of the eyes. If you have both these lusts in your heart and still believe that it's wrong to steal, you'll think of what good you could do with the money. Maybe you can make the world a better place, but to be recognized um, for your heroism, for your um, great deeds you've done and works you've done for fellow man. I mean, maybe that's it, but it's all about you, remember, no matter whether it's good or bad. It's it's the lust and it's, it's the pride of life. Or you might want to, you know, just have it to become rich and powerful um, and do whatever you want to be famous and worshiped by all your fans, I don't know. Maybe it's that recognition that you want. It's, it's actually always that recognition you want, guys, no matter what, uh, if you're if you're feeding off these lusts, it's always recognition, we always want recognition. That's what Satan wants, he wants worship by man. And if we're being tempted by the devil, we want worship by man too. No matter if you believe in good things or bad things, In the world's sight, it's always about you and the betterment of yourself over God. If all three of these things are present in a person, the only thing that will make them not want to commit that deed is by the fear of not getting away with it. While our true intentions are hidden to man, God can see right through into the sin, into the flesh. He sees through it. Man might, you know, see a person and with a smile on their face, but in their heart is wicked, vile intentions of doing evil. Okay, only God can see that. And that's the fear of the Lord that sets people straight. People don't fear the Lord. They think they'll be able to do whatever they want. But the only thing that's going to stop those people is is just accountability and and responsibility. Um, Not responsibility, but um, just just getting caught by the authority that is over them. That's like a security camera just faced, you know, on that table. Like they can't steal it. But if that security camera wasn't there and there's no there's no culpability for their actions, hey, man, they're going to take it because their are sin nature, man. It's in them. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is any, there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open into the eyes of whom we have to do. That is the eyes of whom we have to give an account. God sees right through us. He doesn't look on the physical, but he looks on the inward spiritual, and he sees the thoughts. He sees the the intents of our heart. There's nothing that's hidden in his sight, and that should make you afraid right now if there's evil in your heart. If you're not clean, you are dirty. If you're not for him, you are against him. And in his sight, there's nothing that's hidden. We're all naked and open. So we're not going to be just judged on our deeds and actions, we're going to actually be judged on our nature and our thoughts and intents of our hearts okay that's uh, i would have done this if not uh, if if i hadn't been caught for it you know i would have done this if i could kind of thing so the love of the world is what true lust is it is by the love of the world that men believe that what is best for them and what will make them emotionally uplifted physically filled independently wealthy and relationally connected to the world that they love to love the world is to not love the Father, who is the one who knows what is best for them. He knows what's best for us, and he knows us better than we know ourselves. Psalm 139, 1-6 says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and know me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me beside and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Like, his, his knowledge, his ways are higher than our own. Isaiah 55, 7-9 says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's God. That's that's the ultimate powerful, um, infinite and understanding God we have, and He's my God, but He's your God too. No matter whether you worship Him or not, He is the one we must have to give an account. So His thoughts are higher than ours, His ways than ours, and He knows what's best uh, best for us. And His direction leads to life, and our direction leads to death. Okay, it's as simple as that, and we can see that uh, as proof um we can see today's world as proof it's it, we're going our ways and we see the world's getting worse and worse it's worse and worse guys no doubt about it so god's ways are higher than our own ways for we are fallen and don't always understand what is good for us due to our constant struggles but for the natural man that hates the way of god and loves the way of the world he does not know what is best for him because he is always thinking in the present tense and within his vain imagination that produces all sorts of fantasies about what is good about what good his sin will do for him. This is a series of exaltation of himself above the ways of God. This is the one thing God hates the most out of all our evil, due to its absolute fallacy that we can be anything like God. And that's pride. Proverbs sixteen eighteen says, Pride goeth before destruction, and haughty spirit before a fall. Pride is the reason that Lucifer, that is the son of the morning, who was the son of the morning, the light bread bearer, That's the reason he fell. That's the the reason he became evil and and named the the accuser, the adversary, the Satan. Uh, That's that's who we call Satan, he's an actual being. Um, Created the most evil, wicked, vile creature in in the whole wide world. Isaiah 14, 12 through 15 says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation, in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will uh, I will be like the Most High. Yet, this is God speaking here, yet you, are, you shall be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. There you go, guys. There is pride in Satan's heart. His pride is the reason why Satan fell because he wanted to be like the Most High. He had not love for God in him, but the love for himself. He has these, uh, let's see, let's count them. I will ascend into heaven, one. I will exalt my throne above the stars of, the, uh, of God, two. I will sit upon the Mount of Congregation, three. In the sides of the north, uh, four. Uh, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, five. I will be like the Most High, six. Okay, so that's the the six um, I wills of Satan. Um, he wants to be like God, and and that is pride. And that's, an, that's actually a fallacy uh, that we can be anything like God. And God does hate that more than anything. So, next thing that happened um, along the timeline. Um, we don't know exactly this timeline if Satan fell after creation or before creation. Um, but uh, there's different theories about that. Um, I'm not completely sure. But... Um, God then created his creation and put his image inside man. What you think Satan wanted to do with a creation that was marked with the spirit of God? With the image of God, right? That's the spirit that was was in perfect relation with God. That was a reflection of God's glory and, and all that. Satan, obviously, wanted to destroy because he hated God. He hated his authority who had cast him out and he hated man um, who was an extension of God's um, image. So he devised a ploy to exploit the free will of man. This was done by the temptation we see in Genesis 3 involving all three areas of lust. Okay, um, and and the one thing I want to say here is um, our self-exaltation is not actually real. We might think we're exalted and powerful and knowledgeable and, and good-looking or and whatnot, but it's just a fantasy Uh, just like Satan had Uh, God will humble those whose minds believe themselves to be high and mighty the lesson here is that no one is powerful or wise in relation to God no one can compete against him we are we are creation of God he's not subject to us but we are subject to him we're gonna go into here Satan tempting the first man which is in uh, Genesis uh, 3 1 through 6 now The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden? So here we have Satan questioning Eve about God's sovereignty over man. Satan starts off the conversation with a simple question that causes Eve to second guess the goodness of God. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch of it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God, God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So here's Satan's main lie he tell tells her. He says, You won't die, the the consequence of your disobedience of God is not death, but he tells her the truth here now. He says, you will be like God's knowing good and evil, but he disguises his statement in one that seems like he cares for her more than God does. This makes Eve fall right into the seduction of the devil who has planted his seed of destruction. Okay, and now verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. So Eve uh, was tempted here and she makes Adam eat too. And the cycle of sin and death comes until the defeat of sin and death with the seed of the woman Christ. That's uh, we'll get into that a little uh, later here. Uh, at the close. James 1.15 says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So God doesn't tempt anyone, and he can't be tempted with evil. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust, and enticed. Then when the lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and when the sin is finished, it bringeth forth Death. So, temptation number one, then lust, which is drawn away. The person is drawn away by that lust and enticed. And then, once that lust is conceived in a person, once they've fallen for it and they love that thing in which uh, they they desire so eagerly, that bringeth forth sin. And once that sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. So the way a man is death. So we see that Eve was tempted and drawn away by her own want and uncontrol. And now. It's now an uncontrollable desire because of our nature, but with Eve, who um, was perfect and without sin, um, at uh, the initial, you know, her initial creation and unto uh, up unto the temptation, in which she did sin and dis disobeyed God. Um, it was a controllable desire, but she was enticed by the devil, and she believed the lies of the devil that God was against her and that He did not want her to become like a god right she she thought that to become like a god and have that wisdom was good for her so in Genesis 3 it says and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food saw he she saw lust of the flesh here it was good for food so feeling How about feeling then and that it was pleasant to the eyes lust of the eyes here it had a physical charm that looked good she couldn't keep her eyes off it and the tree to be desired to make one wise, that's the lust that's that's the pride of life. So all three are present here. This is Satan's most perfect ploy to to initiate the downfall of, of God's creation. And it worked, one hundred percent. Once she was drawn away by her own. Womb own want and uh, uncontrollable desire she pretty much in doing so yes, yeah, she she did you know some people would say oh she did uh you know it doesn't really matter too much she, she just ate an apple or whatnot it's not an apple it's a fruit but we don't know exactly what that was the act itself had so much more to do with her becoming like a god and wise and disobeying god who loved eve and loved man and she disobeyed god and put her trust in, in, in the devil, and, and really, this is a more serious crime than, than you can even imagine here, this is, this powerful, but, uh, the devil, um, brought forth a beautiful, beautiful ploy, beautiful, I'm saying, he comes as an angel of light, I mean, he doesn't come like a, like a fiery red, um, horrific monster, saying, I want to kill you all. He comes like an angel of light saying, here take of this refreshing drink and it will make you like a god. But he did that with the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and uh, took advantage of the free will of man. The next example of this would be Jesus, the the second Adam or the last Adam. The first Adam is uh, where sin came into the world. The second Adam, Jesus, is where sin lost its sting. Death lost its sting with Jesus and the devil uh, Tried to tempt Jesus in the desert, um, in the wilderness. So let's read Matthew four one through eleven. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made of bread. So we see Satan. You know, playing off of uh, the hunger of Jesus, Jesus hungers and he, he's, he needs sustenance. The lust of the flesh, right, Fe- it's, it's feeling, he needs to be satisfied. And Jesus was both divine and mortal at the same time, the God-man, so he did have these qualities. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, then the devil taketh him so here, Satan's actually using scripture, the word of God, but he's using it out of context. He's he's using um, he knows it. By the way, the devil knows scripture, man. He he knows it better than us, actually. He probably knows the whole book, but he's using it to take advantage of Jesus here, um, and he uses it for the pride of Jesus, the the pride of the life. He says, "Because you are so high and mighty, Jesus, you need to show show your power." Cast yourself down from this pinnacle of the temple and show yourself to the world that you are the son of God. You are the Messiah. You are the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's appealing to Jesus's pride, which he did not have, but he was, the devil was tempting him. And we see here that nothing works for he used the word of God to combat the wiles of the devil. And we too, as believers in Christ can use the word of God to combat the wiles of the devil. That is the word of God. The sword of the spirits is our offensive weapon. Next up here we have, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceedingly high mountain and sheweth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. What did that sound like to you guys? Sounds like to me like um, a charm, beauty, physical attraction here, the glory of all the kingdoms of the world, all the riches and, and gold and shiny things, everything showed him it all the glory of man, everything that the world and man had to offer, Satan showed Jesus. Verse 9, And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me Here's satan right he wants god to worship him then verse 10 here then saith jesus unto him get thee hence satan for it is written thou shalt worship the lord thy god and him only shalt thou serve then the devil leaveth him and behold angels came and ministered unto him so jesus just defeated the temptation of the devil with the word of god which the which which does not wither which is powerful sharper than any two-edged sword remember it is the weapon in which we defeat the temptation of satan okay if we have not that word we cannot we cannot win physical um, spiritual warfare right we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against powers of darkness principalities and rulers so not physical spiritual and if we have not the, the word of god we cannot win. But we see here, we have all three different lusts in that temptation. As the first man fell to it, the, the last man, the firstborn of all creation, Christ, the last Adam, won the battle with the Word of God because he was and is the Word of God. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lavishness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations wrath strife seditions heresies envyings murders drunkenness revilings and such like of which i tell you before as i have also told you in times past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of god that's a lot that's a lot of different sins here but that's of the love of the world that is for ourselves and our own self-exaltation all it's it's I will ascend, Uh, it's the ascension of man, okay, that's pride, and, and that's the one thing God hates the most, but all those terrible sins and qualities about our human nature, which we have, is terrible news. I think most of us know it's terrible news. Most of us, if we're being truthful, know we have those things in us. But there is good news, and from the first pages of the Bible in the book of Genesis, we have what's called as the Proto-Evangelium. And in Genesis 3.15, we find out what this promise to all that are born in Adam is. And it says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This occurs right after Adam and Eve fall into temptation and disobey and sin against God. So, we are all born in Adam, and this is a promise, a very good promise, that a promised deliverer will come, and that's the seed of the woman, that's the seed of God. Because women do not have seed, God was the one who provided the seed, and that came from Mary. The virgin birth came from God and Jesus Christ the Messiah was born. And it says that God will put enmity between thee and the seed of the woman, between thy seed and her seed. So the seed of Satan, the seed of the woman. And so the seed of the woman shall bruise the serpent's head. In other words, Linguistic scholars have actually studied this and uh, know it to um, actually mean to crush thy head. Okay? So the Messiah will crush the head of the serpent, cut the head off the snake sort of thing, the power and authority. Everything that that Satan has, dominion over, he will crush, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So the serpent will bruise the heel of God, or, or the Messiah at this time. People didn't know that the Messiah would be God incarnate. but This is really what it is, God providing the seed, because women do not have seed. God provided the seed for the Messiah to be born and defeat death. The result of that would be, thou shalt bruise his heel. So the Messiah will suffer temporary uh, pain and suffering, uh, temporary loss. Uh, That loss would be physical, but he shall bruise thy head, or in other words, crush thy head. That is permanent and that's uh, the spiritual dominion over man will be crushed by the messiah i just want to say uh that's the good news guys that that jesus died for you in your sins and you just need to accept and believe in him and have life in his name and he'll he'll give you that life he'll give you um renewal in in your in your soul and your spirit will be made alive and you'll become a child of, of the most high god you will not be led astray by these temptations of the devil you have You will have power to overcome these temptations of the devil. You will not have love for the world, but you will have love for God and do the will of God and abide forever in him. Um, That's today's episode. That's what I want to say. I wanted to end it on a good note that you can have life in his name and um, praise God uh, for all he has done. We have, you know, this is Resurrection Sunday. It actually fits perfectly because today is the day that Christ rose The feet of death, proving that he was who he said he was. And uh, if we believe in his name, we'll have, we'll have life. If we believe that he rose again, we'll have life. And um, I just, I hope everyone who hears this will, will believe on Jesus Christ for their salvation because he is coming again, guys. And um, every knee will bow and tongue confess the glory of God. So um, that's, uh, that's, it's amazing. we have, we have the lust of the eyes, flesh, part of life right now, uh, but nothing will ha- be in comparison to the glory of God. He'll make us feel good. He'll he'll be the most beautiful, radiant thing we've ever seen. And um, we will be a part of Him in a way we can't even fathom right now, guys. I want you to take part in that gift that He gives us, and we can freely take but if not, you'll miss out, and you will, unfortunately, experience God's wrath forever and ever. I I don't wish that upon anyone. I want you to have life in his name. So um, I pray for all of you guys who, who listen to this. Um, bless you guys, um, and God bless.